Hello, it's your host, Kat Walsh, and you're listening to another episode of Trip On This. This podcast is for mature audiences and is not suitable for young children. Trip On This is intended for entertainment purposes only, and we do not condone the use of illegal substances. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Trip On This. I had such a nice time speaking with my next guest. I'm with former MMA champion Ian McCall. Ian is incredibly candid on this episode around really where he was at from a headspace growing up, what he was feeling during his MMA days, where he was kind of at, and really how his psychedelic use and integration has changed his life in so many profound ways. Ian is, of course, quick to say that it's not just about psychedelics. That is just a tool in a large toolbox of other things like meditation, breath work, and a whole bunch of other different healing modalities. On this episode, I got to learn just so much of the life of a fighter and really asking him some questions around if psychedelics were available to him while he was still fighting, does he think that would have helped his performance, helped him be a better athlete? Hint, yes. This is just a good episode for those who want to learn more about psychedelics, obviously want to hear from somebody like a high-performing athlete like Ian, talk about his own journey, his own healing, dealing with, of course, so many concussions and probably CTE and other things where, wow, when you get to hear the healing properties from the highest-performing type of athletes that have also endured the most physical Let's just say like abuse, especially as a fighter, my goodness, it's, it's incredible. It just illustrates again, like just how important this psychedelic research and time that we find ourselves in now. For those that are new to me, please follow me on socials at trip on this underscore pod. Again, that's at trip on this underscore pod for Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok and backslash trip on this pod for Facebook. If you want to help support me, please send out the episode to your friends, your family, your loved ones. It is all incredibly helpful. And with that, please enjoy this next episode with Ian McCall. Ian, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to Trip on This. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. And I'm just so excited to be speaking with you today, hearing more about your psychedelic journey, how you've been working with athletes on their own psychedelic journeys and integration. But before we get into all that, I'd love for you to just set the stage a little bit for us. For those listening that may not know you and your career, who is Ian McCall pre-psychedelics? I became numb at 14 years old with painkillers. I was a super athlete my whole life. Mm-hmm. I won. I won the genetic lottery, and then I exploited it with you know with workouts and training and coaches. And then I started to you know I was broken already at 14, so started taking wow. pills. Was still succeeding, you know. But that little hitch in my giddy up screwed up a lot of stuff. It screwed up my high school career. I blew my knee out in college, ended up going pro. And I just, you know, there was constant damage on my body. Um, I was a psychopath. I was a, I wasn't a good person, you know, and and that realistically at my core, I was, I was this man you see now, but I felt like I had to be a psycho to do the thing I wanted to do. And that was become the best in the world at fist fighting. Right. You know, my art was violence and I was very good at it. I was a world champion. You know, I, I, and to really look at that pursuit, you know, I'm whatever. It was cool. I guess I'm not proud of the person I was. I'm proud of the accomplishment itself. Cause 
really hard. Yeah. But it was, it was, oh man, it was really hard. And I let it get to me. And I, I, the one time I became sober during all that whole time, I became the best in the world. Um, so yeah, interesting, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm not the only guy. Out For there. how that, long? For how long were you sober? Uh, I was like a year and a half, two years. Okay. Uh, a year and a half, I think. And, you know, I just, like, this is how, this is how, how good I am. I'm not the only person out there like this. There's a lot of talented people that are wasting away, but yeah. I came out of rehab for the second time and I fought for money because I needed money. Yep. And I thought, cool, okay, I got some cash, I'm going to go get a job, figure some stuff out. And I went and got a tattoo. The tattoo, the sacred heart on my chest. And I used that as an excuse to use drugs again. And I overdosed because wow. I hadn't used drugs in a year and a half. So I died. <clears throat> I was in the hospital for a week. Wow. While I was in the hospital. Did you just say you died? My, my, like, did you actually? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Second um, chance. And you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like they gave me Narcan and sent me home like most overdoses. This is, I aspirated. I was in the hospital for a week. It wasn't good. And I signed, my next fight was to fight the best guy in the world at a lower weight class. Mm-hmm. And I, I signed it when I was in the hospital bed, you know, and I, what did I do? I kicked his ass a few months later. So it just shows you the, I'm able to do things like that. Yeah. And, yeah. Overcome. Um, so, was it, was it periods of time where at that point were you still using painkillers, but you still had the drive? Was it about, okay, I'm going to be best in the world again. I'm going to fight back. Or would you say the motivation was still around? I need some cash right now. At or that both? point, I, I saw an opportunity mm-hmm. and I took it and I won. And then the UFC contacted me and said, Hey, and this was before Conor McGregor, we want to make you this lightweight star. You've got yeah. so much of everything we need. And I already knew these people from, you know, my, my, just, I've known Dana White since I was 19, yeah. you know, I was chocolate. That was like an older brother to me. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've been in this sport my whole life and I just thought, Oh shit. Okay. This is an opportunity for to me to, for me to keep going with this. Yeah. And I stayed sober until I got screwed over and I got screwed over, which shouldn't have let my life spiral out of control like that, but I did. I started using it again. I was in a bad relationship, bad marriage. It was all bad. Right. I ended up raising my daughter of my own for the first five years. And, you know, I don't ever mean a bad mouth. Her mother, her mother was doing her own thing. Yeah. I wasn't any better. I was just on TV making money and I was famous. I was taking right. pills. I had new girlfriends all the time. I was partying. I was a mess. Mm-hmm. My daughter got sick. My daughter got very sick because we did that to her. Stressing her out. Yeah. We gave her juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Mm. And, you know, that's how it works, people. <laughs> if, you, if you don't get it, that's you stress people out. Trauma leads to sickness. Yeah. Well, inflammation, then inflammation. That was my healing path, right? That was how I started my running experiments on my kid because I've, you know, I was a drug dealer my whole life, a drug yeah. dealer. Yeah. Uh, I sold yeah. can, I sold cannabis. I mean, I, sure, I sold all, everything at one point, <laughs> except for except, <laughs> But that was, I was, I was crazy, yeah. but I've been in cannabis my whole life. My dad smuggled dope around the world in the seventies. Mm. You know, like uh, this is something that's been dear to me forever. I knew the benefits. So my daughter got sick and it was diet and exercise first and foremost, because obviously I knew that my whole life. I was a high performing athlete. My mom's a chef. My parents are very, very healthy. And I, I saw that they put my daughter on methotrexate, it's a chemotherapy drug. They put her on painkillers and anti-inflammatories and shit that it shouldn't be given to kids. Right. Shouldn't be given it. Shouldn't be, shouldn't be given to anyone. I know what methotrexate it, it, is. They it's also for cancer. Did you say for cancer yeah, too? Like it's yes, actually yes. yeah. I'll tell you about this after, but please continue. It's crazy at such a young age that they were giving that to her and what that could have yeah. done. She's she's nine now and her hair is finally back to <sighs> what I mean, I've got a lot of hair. Her yeah, mom has she's a lot gonna of have hair. she's gonna have great hair. It's, it's just it's it she didn't for a long time. Yeah. And that that was and she knew that and it sucked, you know, it was it was, it was sad. But through diet, exercise, and a high dose cannabis oil, she was okay. Literally sitting right at this table right here, this house, 
we started to get, you know, my daughter stoned. And this is right around the time Dr. Sanjay Gupta came out with his whole thing. And, and I remember my girlfriend at the time, some, you know, one of the many models or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like my daughter thinks it's funny. She's like, there's no more girlfriends. <laughs> and yeah, she, she looks at me and she's like, what are we going to do with our baby? Like, Number one, not your baby. Number one, let's get that straight. Number two, I'm already giving her cannabis. Like, and everyone was like, what? I was like, yeah, look how high she is. You fucking don't know this? Like, and you know what? Get, getting a, getting a two year old stoned is funny, but it's not funny. You know, it's like, but when you think about it, it's kind of, it's, it's cute, you know, and she's my little psychedelic adventurer and she's yeah. fine now. Mm-hmm. She snowboards, she surfs. She's, she's getting like lifestyle sponsorships through me wow. because we had, we adventure together. She snowboards, she wakeboards, she's got horses. She's, she does everything. And wow. Like, what a recovery from somebody. Cause I have a, it's not rheumatoid, but I have an autoimmune that affects <clears> my big joints. And man, it has until now, until really my recent journey and psychedelics and all that, did I finally feel myself healing? Cause I was never told I could heal. It's part of, of course, the yeah. issue. I was, I was never told that I could heal. I was just told I could take medication to like just mitigate pain and whatever. And I just, wow for her, because I just know the, the sheer pain and also the stories that people tell you about what you probably can't do when yeah. you have something like that. And so damn good for you for well, working with her and, and for her strength of mind. Character. Yeah. I, I, at one point I remember sitting back and going, all right, you know, I'm, I'm the best in the world at fist fighting. Mm-hmm. My daughter can't walk. Right. She can't think, she can't think straight. And I had to go, okay, well, I'm never going to have an athlete and that's fine. She's very smart. You know, she's very pretty, whatever. Just looking for other things to just validate, you know, the life of this poor kid. And we, you know, and uh, now I, I look back on that thought process, you know, but it was just, I don't know, I guess as an athlete, I wanted an athlete. Sort of sure, thing. sure. Um, so you had to process you know, your I, own, you don't want to say disappointment, it, but in the moment, like you thought, oh, I'm going to yes. have a, yeah, poor, that's human. You know, fast forward to now, she is, she's one of my biggest teachers in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, she, obviously everything I know, she knows. I don't talk to her like a child. I never have, you know, like this is not how I work. And she's extremely intelligent. She's homeschooled. She's very articulate. She's very nice and, and emotionally just incredible. Oh. I mean, picks up on energies. Daddy, you have a lot of work to do by yourself. Oh, okay? wow. She's your angel. <laughs> so like, she's, your, yeah. she's your angel. Or, or t- telling me how proud she is of me, you know, like yeah. the, this was a while ago. Driving and she's like, Dad, you know what? I'm really proud of you. Like, <laughs> what? What? Why? She goes, You just become such a better person. I was like, Wow. Wow. Oh my God, Rad. Wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if my daughter can say this, like, I'm doing it, folks. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, anyway, it makes me happy because she's my my everything. So that 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 was that's where I started my healing journey. And then we'll get into me. So I retired three years ago almost. I knew I was supposed to retire a while before that, but you know, it's hard. Yeah. I fought for 16 years as a profession. You know, it's way too long. Yeah. And, but also, yeah. I also think about athletes like yourself, high performing athletes that have done that for so long. It's that feeling of like, what am I going to do after? Like, what's next? Oh, that was hard. That and was I, really hard. What a blessing. And I want, of course, where people are going to hear what the blessing is and what you're doing, but just thinking of your journey and now having a second passion, you like this whole second life. So dope. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I can't, I'm not proud of the person I was. You know, I don't like that person and I'm doing everything in my power to show the world I'm not that guy yep. because I, I still get shit for it. My, my nickname, I didn't want the nickname Uncle Creepy. It was, it was given to me by a kid who's like my nephew and then it was a joke and the UFC ran with it. I'm like, fuck man. You're I like, well, now this name. is my nickname. <laughs> and, and now I, now I can't even get rid of it 
on Instagram or social media because it's going to cost me like five grand. What? To change my name to my own name. No. It, yeah, it's this whole thing. I'm trying, and I'm now, I, got, I signed with a media company uh, for comedy because I've been doing stand-up and the, like they're, they're going to try and do it for free. But okay. these other people are trying to charge me five grand and I was like, nope, not doing it. Not that's, doing it that, that, that ever. <laughs> You will at some point, at hopefully the, the media company will get that handled. Just keep yeah, wanting that, it. Just keep it seeing it changed and it will somehow manifest to finally exactly. be your name. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I retired. Okay. We'll, we'll just get there. I was broken. I wanted to kill myself. I wasn't going to obviously because my kid, but really thought about it a lot. Guns don't taste good, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just knew after seeing my daughter get healed, I'm like, I can do this. I can figure this out. Wow. And I, I put on David Goggins' book. Yeah. And we're just, I hate running. I hate running. I'm Me built too. like a brick. And like, I'm, I'm five foot four and three quarters. I'm heavy and short limbs. And I feel like I run like this. Um, <laughs> and it just hurts my body. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, but I knew, I knew what it would do for my mind. I knew the chemical release would give me i also knew what simple things like waking up getting right in the mirror and laughing and smiling yeah making myself laugh and smile this uptick in your facial expression is going to release good drugs in your brain well start in your stomach then go to your brain and then the rest of your day will be awesome yes i'm assuming Yes, That's how it I, works. I know. It's, it's, it's studied, right? Smiling actually sends signals to... And, and laughing. Yeah. And laughing. And yeah. I, I, I made myself do it. I made myself change You know, the NLP, the, the stories I'm telling myself, the stories yeah. I'm telling other people. Huge. was so big for me. Yeah. You know, because I'm not a piece of shit. I'm, I'm not this person. I'm not this negative thing I was constantly putting about myself. And of course, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to access things like peptides. Mm-hmm. I tell people like, look, my route was expensive as shit. Tons of biohacking, was hormonal modulation. You know, I'm injecting myself with BDNF, with NAD plus. And, uh, and granted, I, I, I like smart people. I just yeah. ended up a, a, a relationship with a 26-year-old, 26-year professor or a scientist and UCLA professor. Like I, 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 I'm always around smart people. My best yeah. friend growing up is a physicist and a wow. physics professor at USC. My other buddies are biotech. They own a biotech company. They make oh. peptides. I access everything. That's, good, I good make people, sure it's all good. Good people to be yes. around. So that's how you, yes. you, you raise up. It's like, I'm sure when you fight, when you fight someone who's excellent, you, it's just naturally you raise the, your own bar yeah. when you are around. They call, they call it the rub. You get the rub. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and, and yeah that, that's exactly what it is. I, yeah. I, I love smart people and I just absorb the information that they say for some reason I can absorb what they say and then I can articulate it to other people because the words they say are very big and hard to understand. But you know, so, so I guess what we'll give Joe Rogan some credit. I was on Joe's show a handful of times back in the day. And obviously I knew about psychedelics. My dad's always told me about psychedelics, how good they were, how important they were, how, how safe they were, how, how you should have reverence for them. And you know, like, yeah. you know this is, he really made me understand that. And then I, I understood the science, you know, kind of. And over the last, you know, say five, four, four, five, yeah, five years, I guess I've been studying it vigorously. The last two, I've become an actual, well, that's, yeah, almost two years, I've become an actual educator. I have a, ma- I have a master's degree in psychedelics and you, they don't give them a doubt. Wow. Um, and that's from, that's from personal experience. That's from scientific research and scientific actual studies and things that I've done myself, whether it's microdosing psilocybin or LSD or ketamine or what have you, there's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, I've, I finally got validation from all the dorks. 
because I'm one of them. I think they they look they look at me and they're like, this is not one of us. I'm like, yeah. no, 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 I, I promise I am. I promise, I promise, I promise. Let me in, guys. Um, Let me in. <laughs> yeah. But like, so MAPS, MAPS is, is uh, my, my first real paid speaking gig in psychedelics. Wow. I'm like, Brad. That, that, when was I, that? I, I like, I like uh, next week. Oh, wow. Good for you. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you I'll send Yeah, you please do. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just cool stuff like that. Like I, I've, I took my own healing and it was, again, diet and exercise, breath work, meditation. Yes. It's, they're all tools. Psychedelics is just a tool. It's just, I'm, I'm it, so glad you brought that up because it's so much about the whole person that's healing. I'm mind, body, spirit. And, you know, talking about like inflammation, for instance, there's so much that we can do to help with inflammation it is it is the the root of so much disease right of almost all all, all the disease and to me what psychedelics does is it starts taking accountability back into one's life and it's not about it's not a catch-all where you just do a big ayahuasca or psilocybin journey and then suddenly you're cured like that's just a an opportunity to see some things and objectively look at yourself but then what you do after it's it is about taking care of every aspect of you right just your mind oh, yeah. your body your what are you doing to really show up for yourself every day and i think that's so incredibly important that it, it's all of it it's not just the psychedelics yeah, exactly they're just tools and i tell people i'm like look eh, there's a lot of work to be done mm-hmm. we all have a lot of work to be done we're all afflicted with the human condition all of us yeah and the human condition sucks yeah it's not cool we're not cool to each other we're not cool to ourselves and it's it's about changing that up because we're at a time where we can yeah where we we can really make a big change and we can do it without without hurting anybody or, or causing any trouble or making any like you know what i mean yeah we, we can we can we can make serious change without you know without hurting anybody i think yeah i think that's the, the work that you're doing and and other athletes like yourself who are beyond just the psychedelics the willingness especially as look mma like i don't know of a tougher sport you're just walking in knowing you even if you win you're gonna get the shit beat out of you yeah that is the, <laughs> yeah. That is the height of courage and yet to also show so many young men and just men in general that like you can be tough and ask for help and know that we're all trying to figure it out to not have vulnerability and toughness as mutually exclusive things is just what a healing message that hopefully we can all learn that is how we're going to make this world a better place and it doesn't have to be about psychedelics hopefully as you continue to connect with more hearts and people and other especially men like yourself that are these high performers that are idols for so many that are going to come out and give others permission give them permission to be like i need help right now and you know what i mean like it's just it's incredible work on a much bigger picture yeah you'll you'll like this hbo we did an hbo special for real sports yeah fantastic special and to be thank you to be the first people ever on tv not just any tv but hbo doing mushroom doing a, a mushroom ceremony was was a true true honor and that was my myself and my former fiance we set that up and we pulled that off mm-hmm. it was i mean so proud working with an emmy award winning producer working with hbo i mean it was it was amazing it was a really really cool experience yeah but for me trying to bring people friends of mine fighters that i know are really fucked up really fucked up would not even bite on it. I go, yeah, come on, HBO, me. Let's just meet. Let me, let me, let me help you. Let's let's get this done. And nah, bro, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like I can hear it in your voice. You're not fine. Yeah, none of you us are have fine. Told me <laughs> last time we were partying all night at your house in LA. Yeah, you told me that you're not fine. Yeah. So don't lie to me. You no, know, it's like, and I, I, 
it's happening more and more people are coming around to it. But man, I'm telling you, it was so hard for me to get people. I finally found Dean and Dean, you know, Dean barely trusted me. And then Dean was like, I don't know, man, but thank God I got to give Rose Gracie from the Gracie family a shout out. She's the one that pulled it off and it was perfect. It was perfect. You know, it, it was because it, I, I wish they could show me the, the actual footage from the ceremony more because it was so intense though. It, I got, I got real butthurt about it at first mm. uh, with, with, with Jordan, the, the producer. And I was just like, how dare you not show that? It was so incredible, but he just was like, dude, way too intense. If we can create more content to bridge the gap to that, yeah. yes, we can show that. But it, it would only hurt what it we're doing. It would scare people. I was like, I was like, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You don't want to. You don't want to scare people. Although, I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, like this is where it happens. But I think uh, it is baby steps. It is it baby is. steps. Yeah. I'm you know me. I had I had to be a star. And I was like, how dare you? you know, but <laughs> it's 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 uh it's it still was out. It's still put out there. They yeah. still I, I doubt they'll ever show it. But whatever. Yeah. Um. It, it was it was an incredible experience to be a part of. And my main point was, you have veterans. Veterans are totally apt for this because veterans are done with war. They're done killing. Yeah. Fighters, they never go to war. We go to play war. We think that, you know, that's our only validation. And then we, we, we keep thinking that there's like another fight out there, you know? And I'm like, no, 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 guys, there's no more. Stop it. No more fighting. Like we need to, and, and the, so it's just, it's this thing of like, well, I still got it. Like, I don't need to do that. I'm not broken. You know, I'm like, got it. All of us, all of us have issues and no one wants to admit it. Yeah. That's the big part. I think it's, I think we'll get there, you know, slowly, but surely as more and more people come out and it might be the trickle effect, especially for high performers, especially for athletes like yourself that have made so much of their persona is around being this tough guy that I think we'll get there. Hopefully, you know, I know these are, these are your friends more and, and hopefully there's ones that you can spot that you're like, maybe in like a year or two, but you brought up a good point that I want to ask you about. And that is if psychedelic therapy was available or on your radar or something that you could have done while you were still fighting, do you think that psychedelic therapies, let's call it an off season. I know that's probably not the proper term for a fight, but, um, in your off season, do you think that could have helped mitigate some of the damage that you were? Oh, it, or, it would have or, saved my life. Oh, would it have? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, it, it would have helped me with my addictions. Yep. It would have helped me be a better champion, more responsible person, more responsible father. I mean, yeah, it, it, there's, I mean, I was part of, you know, like I said, my former, we wrote the first program on couples integration, I teach parenting for psychedelic integration, obviously not even psychedelics with your kids, yeah. which people do, yeah. but I mean, yeah. teenagers, not, not children. Yeah. I have with my um, parents. Yeah, I no, have. but I'm saying like, I, I yeah. see teenagers coming, you know what happens? Parents come to me and they go, hey, uh, is my kid crazy? I'm like, hmm, heard this one before, <laughs> yes. What do you got for me? Yeah. Uh, and they go, my kid told me not to give them their Adderall and their Vivan or whatever it is, whatever medication. They said they don't want it anymore to never give it to them again. They're now taking microdoses or mushrooms, whatever the fuck this is. What, what are they doing? I go, number one, your child is committing a felony. <laughs> Hi, are, they a better, are, they a better, are they a better person? Are they better to their siblings? Are they better to you? Are they better at school? Are they more attentive? Are they better energetically happy? Yeah. They go, yeah, actually my kid's amazing now. I'm like, so? Right. You know, like how well, you choose. And then the, what, how, what you want to know what those parents do? They go, can I have some mushrooms? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Grab some. Um, you know, like, and it's, it's, uh, again, I'm, I'm not a drug dealer. I tell yeah, people yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. People hit me all the time. Hey, what do you got? I'm like, nothing for you. <laughs> I got my personal stuff. Yeah, totally. 
totally. Um, I guess. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a public figure in this place. So like, yeah. I, I should put a blinking sign above my head. Yeah, yeah. You're like, disclaimer, I'll go to like, you know, someplace that's uh, across the across the way in Costa Rica. Well, and and I, I look this way. I'm covered in tattoos. You know, yeah. I go like, yeah. I, like I'm, I'm going to Tulum. Oh, I go to Cancun Saturday and then Cancun, or then um, Tulum on, on the 20th, on the 24th. And I go walk around the streets of Tulum or Bali or wherever, and people are always offering me drugs. Always. <laughs> I just look oh, like a guy man. that wants drugs. That's and I'm like, damn it, dude, no. <laughs> well, I, I'm not sure if I do. And I was just in Cabo, and uh, <clears throat> there was a guy on the beach, and we were just walking down to the ocean, and he asked if I, yes, if we wanted blow. <laughs> I was like, no, oh, yeah. we're, we're good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Oh, always. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's 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 funny because, like, of course, I used to do a lot of cocaine. Yeah. Um, but I, I just, I'm not into it. But it's funny. I just laugh. I'm like, okay, I look that way. I just look apparently like that person, yeah. which I understand. It, yeah. it makes makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't I don't drink alcohol. I, I do habitually smoke cannabis yeah. a lot. So that's that's one thing I, that will, I don't know. It's not going to get me in trouble, but I'll go buy weed into it for sure. It's, it's right. not like go weed, but whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you first did your first psychedelic integration, like at what point did the aha moment come? Like when was the light bulb? When was the holy shit, I've been operating a certain way for so long and now I'm re-examining this. Oh man, there were so many points where I have to peel layers. I'm a, a disgusting rotten onion uh, and I just got to <laughs> peel all this stuff off. Uh, yeah. I would say the, the, the most, the first one was DMT, dimethyltryptamine. And then it showed me, hey, party's over, Peter Pan, time to grow up, you need to retire. Mm. And I did but then, you know, the mushrooms is what really helped me fix my mind. And it was the mushrooms and the peptides, obviously. Because um, when you're, when you're microdosing psilocybin with anything, really, you're trying to produce glutamate and BDNF. Mm -hmm. And I happen to just get BDNF with NAD plus and I can inject it in my body. So, and it's a natural, it's a naturally occurring amino acid protein in your body anyway. Yeah. So it's just, I just, I ramp the production up like crazy because that's just how I do things. Yeah. But those moments in psychedelics, there've been a bunch of them, whether it's a relationship question or, or a parenting thing or a, you know, whatever, psycho-spiritual sort of thing. Yeah. I've had a lot of moments. I mean, the one that comes to mind, I guess this was uh, this guy right here, Shane, mm -hmm. Shane Norte. He's a, a spiritual guide out of the La Jolla Indian Reservation in San Diego. Okay. Uh, he's got something called a Wamkish and it's a portal to another dimension for mm -hmm. sure. It's, it's incredible. It's basically a circle, eight foot high tarp sort of thing. And like a teepee with no top. Wow. And you go on there and he, he plays the fire and you see why, you know, foreigners would come to certain places and see shamans, you know, you burn tobacco over a fire and it sparkles. Simple stuff like that. Like, oh, these are sorcerers. We need to kill them. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, in that long kish, I saw my future. Really? And it was, it was incredible. It was, it was, a, it was a scene from Gladiator, actually, you know, when Marcus Aurelius yeah. is talking to Russell Crowe, yeah. that I was, I figured I would be Russell Crowe, you know, right? Yeah. I, I'm Marcus Aurelius. And I was speaking and I was old and gray and it was this red lit, you know, candle, you know, whatever place I was in, a little you know, tent and something, I have a stride writing down everything I'm saying and people are paying attention. And, you know, fast forward a year and a half, even I, that was already happening. You know, like my ex was writing everything down. Everyone's always listening to what I'm saying. It's just this weird thing. I'm like, I'm already living my future. Like wow. this is my path. Obviously, I'm not, not, not quite there yet. I'm getting there. It's, yeah. it's a path. But that was huge. You know, that was a really big one because it just showed me, it gave me hope. 
you know. I was going to say, you have gifts and talents and obviously needing to work through the, what do you call it, a rotten onion, the <laughs> the things that you didn't want to see and to peel away to finally get there. Because, you know, I think a lot of people start at one layer and go, that fucking sucked. I yeah. never want to see that shit again. That scared the fuck out of me, you know? And it takes a lot of courage to continue to be like, you know what? I know there's something good in here. I know it's there. Yeah. And then when you do that work and you finally get to see like, oh yeah, there it is. There's the path, yeah. which leads me to the McCall method. Can you talk to us about it? So the McCall method, again, a business that I built with in my former beloved, mm-hmm. my, my platform for other people, realistically, you know, my platform for my doctors and for the scientists I work with, all this sort of stuff, the healers I work with, because I'm just trying to show people like, look, these are the tools. These are the people that I work with. So I got better. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I know, and if you, if you want my help, I'm here to help you. You know, I'm here to, sh- to, to help you one-on-one with whatever you need. And I was talking to the SBA loan sort of thing the other day mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, what is it? And I was like, it's kind of life coaching, I guess. <clears throat> I'm not a life coach. You know, it's not my goal. Yeah. I'm just helping people fix stuff. I'm helping broken people fix stuff. I've just done it before. Specifically, it's, it's about, are you specifically working with athletes and high performers? Or are you really kind I, of broadening out now? I, I, I say that because it sounds good. Okay. So I'm the world's first psychedelic integration coach for high-level performers. Love that's, the honesty. Fucking love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a sales pitch. Gotcha. Um, okay. I had a buddy come over I've known for a long time. I don't know how many years. And not in a good place. Mm. You know? Like, sure, he's not an alcoholic anymore. He hasn't, you know, he's not, he hasn't, he hasn't been drinking or this other person, a heroin addict or, or, you know, people that are just crazy Yeah. because crazy is an okay word. Maybe you are crazy. You're trying to fix it. You're trying to at least dance with crazy in a better way. Right. Right. I'm crazy. It takes crazy to accomplish crazy things. Yeah. So it's, I, I work with everybody and I, I mean, mainly men, uh, some women, because you know, women and men should work with each other. I think with psychedelics specifically. But those are sort of issues There's, uh, on certain things. The yeah. performance stuff, yes, I can do. Yeah, uh, obviously, yeah, obviously. Th- but like, I think that's, I, I, think that's, I, I have no business getting deep on a, on female issues like that. Like, it's just uh, that's <laughs> not cool. At the end of the day, creating as safe of a container for emotions and vulnerability, and if that, I can imagine, like, even on the real sports thing, having like all men right in the in the ceremony, like that. It is what it is. Like men and women, our relationship to one another is different, and we might be a little bit more guarded. We not we you, we don't know how to necessarily open up quite the same. And I think that's why there is a lot of benefit to some of those without having to kind of worry about the distraction, I guess, of, of another, the opposite sex. Yeah. Not to say it can't by all means. I had a male shaman, and, but I wasn't working very closely with him either on that way. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things you got to navigate. Sure. You know, we, we, we can get into, you know, other parts of it. But that's just really yeah. Because yeah. uh, I was just, just read an article on sexual abuse and I watched yes. the circles and I was like, yes. Happens okay. unfortunately too mm, often. Yeah. And that's the human condition. You know? It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It doesn't, it's not immune even to those in charge. You know, unfortunately, just abuse of power knows no limits for. Let me put my healing inside you. It'll yeah, heal, exactly. heal faster. <laughs> um, yeah. I have a question about those that come to you. And, you know, what are some of the main concerns? Let's take the athletes. Okay. So I know you were mentioning first admitting that something is wrong. Okay. Beyond that point, are there any other things that they're like, I'm worried about getting lost in the sauce or, you know, like what, is there anything that you hear that? I'll I'll break it down for you. So, so I start with a large dose, just like on HBO, the McCall method is, you know, my own little easy lemon text sort of formulation. I just add in pineapple juice because it's got bromelain and other enzymes. So 
you know, you take pulverized five grams of pulverized mushrooms, you put them in juice, yep. and you drink them. Sure, there's a whole process that we explain about fasting and prebiotics and probiotics mm-hmm. and that stuff. But so you ingest, and then we go through the trip. Okay, I need people to do that because I need them to fix themselves as a person before they can perform better. Because when you take a fighter, for instance, mm-hmm. this is this is someone who is so pushed and so filled with drama, yeah. with trauma that that they they were driven to climb into a cage in their underwear and fight someone for blood money. Yeah, giving and receiving PTSD the entire time they're working in front of the entire world on replay, yeah. over and over and over. So it's and no one wants to talk about it. Yeah. And people, people don't even think it's a thing and they go, oh, wow, I never thought of that. I'm like, yeah, stupid. That's what happens. So I have to help these people work on themselves first. Yeah. Like there's a lot of work to be done. And then from there, you know, all those issues come up. It's, you know, you have the trauma and we deal with that stuff, but then you have the, the doubt and yeah. then you have to kind of, I don't, I'm not programming, but kind of program. Deprogram. Deprogram. Yeah. 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 Getting them, getting them to say the things themselves, you know, about, or at least hearing it. So they, it gets put into their mainframe, you know, like Mm -hmm. they they can put on that, like young athletes, like your butt hurt because you're a better athlete, but these other athletes are getting more love from sponsors and magazines and whatever, because they're cool. They're cooler than you are. Mm -hmm. Who gives a fuck? You, Icky, you guys are still young enough where you're not on the tour yet. I'm talking about surfers. You're not on the tour yet. You can get on an even playing field by beating these people at what you do for a living. I don't care about the pictures. None of you make that much money from sponsors. Realistically, you guys are very good. It doesn't matter. You're you're bigger, you're faster, you're stronger. You know, this is where you need to beat them. You need to beat them in the water because that's all that counts. And and just being able to show them like, look, Instagram doesn't matter. It's not going to make you a better person, you know, and just kind of go through simple things like that. And then then you have microdosing through the week. My thing is five days on, two days off. I know Fatima's protocol is this. Yeah, Stamets has a protocol. I get to work with Fatima and he emails me. I'm like, he's so happy. It's like for him to call me or or email me and thank me for things I've done. I was like, wait, wait, who, who, who? Dr. Fatima, Dr. James Fatima. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. As you know, he's the godfather of microdosing. Yeah, yes. And one of my my mentor actually is getting Robert Forte. He taught Fatim the word microdose and what it meant. Really? It's like such a weird, fun world. But those that are in it, I'm like, you guys are where, where it's at, no doubt. Yeah, I'm just such a dork. I, I'm so lucky to be be around these people. Um, so I, I take the microdosing and I have my athletes take it five days on, two days off. Got five it. days on, two days off. I mean, and eventually they end up figuring it out themselves how yeah. they want to do it. But as a competition comes up, there's something called a performance dose. And I like to get with them while they're you know at the gym or wherever they, wherever they do their sport and dose them up to about a gram, anywhere from a, a half a gram to two grams. Yep. Uh, two, two grams would be me. If I ever fought again, I'd probably take about two grams. But for most people, it's- Before they actually fight or like right before a fight, like a day or two before, like actually- No, no, no this, this is, you're fighting hot. You're fighting on mushrooms. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and believe me, the, U, the UFC knows they, they people are already doing it. Wow. Uh, they call me and ask me questions about it. That's how I got the whole study with Johns Hopkins. And wow. Does it, do you know if it helps with like pain at all? Like, is there- Oh, yeah. more- oh big time. Yeah, I was going to say, because for me personally, you know, coming back to all of my- joint shit yeah. that I dealt with. I played softball too, actually at a full ride and I was in so much pain and still kind of leading up. Yeah. But what I realized anecdotally was fast forward now to this year, I love to go. I love festivals and things. I love to dance. And so 
I never really understood why when I would just take mushrooms or acid or honestly MDMA and I could just dance and I was so limber. I could move like my joints, like suddenly my mobility was so good and I wasn't in pain. And it's not like alcohol where I'm just numb. Like I know I feel everything, but it's for some reason, I don't know if it was cutting the receptors or it's, it actually would literally, I would look at my knee cause I would get water on it often just yeah. out of nowhere. Cause my joints yeah. are doing whatever. And after dancing all night and eating mushrooms, I look at my knee and suddenly I could see all the bone and I was like, what the fuck? So there's something to the actual physicality that it's doing as well. I don't, I, I haven't, I need to look into actually more of the science around it, but. It has an actual anti-inflammatory effect. Okay. So yeah. So let's say mushrooms, for instance, when it converts in your body from psilocybin to psilocin, psilocin is a serotonin analog. Mm-hmm. So as it turns on the, the uh, serotonin receptor, you have an anti-inflammatory effect as the in, the in the pathway itself. That right there is neural inflammation. That is depression, 100%. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it actually it heals your pain receptors because our pain receptors are damaged from pain, from things like opioids. So you actually get a healing through the epigenetic neurogenesis. You get healing of those receptors and anti-inflammation in the entire body, especially if you're mixing it in with things like cannabis, CBD, turmeric, mm-hmm. ginger, black pepper. I mean, there's a million things you can do. And and um, turmeric is turmeric and CBD and THC are the two things that I preach the most. Yeah. Uh, fish oil, you know. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of stuff you yeah. can put in your body. Yeah. But yes, yeah, psychedelics have a very anti-inflammatory and pain-killing effect. And it's it's now all, it's not theoretical anymore. It's all actually proven, which is cool. Yeah. it's. I mean, look, it's doing just such, like down the board, just so many incredible things. And coming back to the fighters actually being you know, in the ring and and being in that state, kind of going back to your original thought where you're like, I was just such a, I forgot the word, but like a maniac, like going in and needing to fight and like being in that headspace. Do you think being kind of that, the centered warrior now, you know, like if you were fighting that centered, because there is a centering that happens, right? On that psychedelic experience, especially if you've done it, it's all about, it's a, a true alignment. At least that's what I find is I align all aspects of me. And I can only imagine like, I think of like yoga, like the humble warrior. You look all chill and then you just unleash just so much. Yeah, precision is what I think of that could happen from at least from my experience, not being a fighter, obviously. So now as the fighter, you tell me. Uh, It's being a warrior in a garden. Being a warrior in what? Being a warrior in a garden. In the garden? You'd rather you be a a warrior in the garden than a gardener in a war. Yeah, Um, yeah. And I'm no longer a fighter. That part of me is gone. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. I'm a martial artist. Mm-hmm. And as like I teach my kids, my the kids, I don't teach kids class anymore, but I was, I love teaching kids mm-hmm. and uh, way, way more than adults. And I tell them, look, I'm, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard of person, of life, because I teach you certain things. If you get in trouble at home, your parents are not going to get mad. They're not going to punish you. You're going to come to me. I'm going to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and they're just like, what? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's. Because that's the person I am. That's the person I was been was bred to be was be a martial artist. That's the foundation of my life. Mm-hmm. And I didn't care. I didn't carry myself that way for a very long time. And now it's about just showing people like, look, you can, everyone can change. Everyone yeah. deserves a second chance. Yeah. And and I'm doing it. You know, I'm trying doing it to the best of my ability. Yeah. Are you still you working know? with the UFC kind of directly on their kind mm-hmm. of involvement and in what they're doing? Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. They're they're. Uh, I'm. Same reason why I can't work for my own pharmaceutical company. Yeah. I'm not, a, I'm not a, an actual doctor or scientist, yeah. <clears throat> just a validated guy that knows a lot. Yeah. You know, I can't sit in on the meetings between the UFC because they don't pay me. Yeah. And I can't sit in on the meetings with Johns Hopkins because I'm not, I'm not a doctor or scientist. Um, <clears throat> but my job is done. I, I brought them together and they'll figure it out and they'll contact me when they need something else. Got it. Uh, got whether it. it's funding or 
whatever, a company to back it. Yeah. Like I, I told them, I'm like, I have you guys 100% yeah. figured like whatever you need. Just being just a resource <laughs> as hopefully other fighters, you know, take a look and see and see the progress even with your own students and people that you're working with and the fighters and they're starting to see, look, they can come around to wanting to try it at any point. But I think it's, I, look, I think, I don't know that psychedelics aren't, of course, right for everyone. And I'm sure, mm. I don't know if you have encountered anyone, like, is there anybody you've actually encountered where they might have been interested in psychedelics, but just based on where they were at or maybe the motivations, they don't feel like a right candidate yet for you where you would be like, yeah, dude, you should do this. Do you know what I'm kind of saying? Like somebody who yeah. you're like, not, I'm not sure if psychedelics yet. Like I think you need to make a commitment to yourself or something that you want to heal or grow before you just dose yourself and go on to this journey with not a real understanding of what you want out of the experience. Yes, I just did that. Oh, really? Uh, that, that same friend that came over that I haven't seen in a few years, yeah. he looked really bad. He had a mental breakdown recently from smoking cannabis, got off alcohol and smoked cannabis and it made him freak out. Wow. And, you know, I'm, I'm inviting him over and I just looking at him like, dude, you can't do mushrooms. Like you can't do a high dose. You're, you're a mess. Yeah. So I gave him some microdoses and sent him on his way and you know, obviously put a bunch of other stuff in his head and talked to him and yeah. hung out with him for a couple hours. But that was that was my thought process. Let's see, he really wants to just smoke cannabis again because he's just a nervous wreck. And I'm like, okay, we'll take these microdoses and give me a week. Yeah. Give me five days on, two days off. See how you feel. Then maybe you can start smoking cannabis. But call me first. I need I need to see you. I need to feel you. I need to, I need to talk to you and see see what's going on here. And just to see if your general mannerisms, your posture, everything has changed. You know? Yeah, that's really um, smart not to just, yeah, I, because you do need to be, can go south. You know, very, very quickly. Oh, very it's fast. Very fast. And um, I've, I've seen it happen. And it's uh, people, people want to play it off like, oh, it doesn't happen with psychedelics. It's not true. Those are old myths. I'm like, no, I've seen people lose their mind. Yeah. And, and, and not come back like in a good state. And it's because they did it wrong because yeah. they were abusing it. And because yeah. they, you know, they, they fucked up. Yeah. So it's, it's about respecting the stuff more than, than we the people are doing for sure. Exactly. I'm so glad you brought that up. I think it's, I think it's really important to the, the conversations that all of us are having and you and I both, I'm like psychedelics changed our lives and yet it's because they are so powerful because they are so powerful and they are not a catch-all. And like some people deal with some really scary stuff and it's just, again, it's why like being in the right space making the commitment ahead of time, being ready to surrender to whatever the hell is going to come up because it is different for everyone. Yeah. It's cool that yeah. you did that. And I just want to say too, cannabis and psilocybin don't feel anything like each other to me personally. So for him, I know he probably wouldn't understand if he's doing cannabis, like what's the difference between like microdosing? Hey, that doesn't feel the same, at least to me at all, right? Cannabis is its own thing. I've gotten way stoned and it feels nothing like me being on a large psychedelic trip. That's a it's a different experience. So yeah, I knew that him smoking cannabis could be a catalyst for another freak out. Mm -hmm. So I just, 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 just wait, you know, he, he wants to do it because it, it, just, it just make, it can mess with your anxiety. And I, and I just said, mm. uh, just give me a little time. And he is, what's today? Today's Friday. It's Thursday. 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 So tomorrow, yeah, I'll see him tomorrow. I leave for Mexico this weekend. Yeah. So I'll be helping people via Zoom. <clears throat> well, actually for the first week, I'm going to be gone. I'm, I have, I'm taking a retreat for myself. Yep. After what I've been through recently, and I need some time. Yeah. I got, I had, I had all these these Zoom, you know, podcasts and stuff to do. And Jesse Gold from um, the Heroic Hearts Foundation. I said, like, "Yeah, what's the schedule?" And he's like, "Why?" And I was like, "I got, all, I got all my my work to do." And he's like, "What, bro?" 
It's like, no, 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 no. You're coming down here to heal. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm you're like, going to okay. do, you're going to do the podcast like in between healing sessions. Yeah. Oh my God. I just yeah. had everything planned and I was just, he's like, bro, really? And I was like, oh fuck, I'm sorry. I, I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. Like I know better, you know, yeah. but I, I'm, I, I have to do my maps talk, but that's, yeah. that's because it's maps. Well, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I feel very blessed that you came on the podcast before you went to Mexico. The final question is, you know, what do you hope is what's next for, let's just say mushrooms, for instance, is it legalization ultimately? No, because companies like mine, my pharmaceutical company, we sauna, there's way too much money to be made. Mm -hmm. So I don't see this ever being legal. Okay. Because you have the FDA, you have this thing, and that feels gross even saying that. But you know, the reason I've been part of a pharmaceutical company is pharmaceuticals killed me at some point. So if I can get those same doctors that were overprescribing all those painkillers to overprescribe microdoses, we're going to be in a much better place. Got it. So more of like a controlled prescription, almost. Yeah, Senator Weiner is is doing amazing work. Senator Weiner, Scott Weiner is, um, he, we, we just got back past level two. I don't even know yes. what that even means for decriminalization of all drugs in California. Yeah. Psychedelic, um, right? I'm in, uh, yes, might just be second. I had a look, but, it's it's a, but it is a lot of them, including MDMA. So it really, it's, yeah, it's, it's working its way through. It'll happen. It's going to happen this year. And then, you know, then we're going to have this weird space of companies popping up like cannabis, not being able to house their money and not being able to do any banking. Just this whole clusterfuck there that I don't know how that's going to work itself out, but we'll figure it out. You know, the the, the cannabis model showed us a lot of stuff we should and should not do. Yeah, exactly. So ho- ho- exactly. Hopefully we'll learn. <laughs> I yeah, I think there's we'll a look, there's a lot of uh, psychedelic drug companies kind of coming in right now. And, yeah. and of course, they'll be on that space. There is part of that same bill because of that passing uh, or yeah. going to the next level in the committee. I don't know where it's at right now. It's with the Public Safety Committee. I don't know where it they are, yes. but I know decriminalized California is also looking at legal use and retail of psilocybin potentially in California. Potentially, yeah. So. That, that was that was my first job was with decrim with Ryan and decrim. Oh really? And then, um, you know, I love those. I love Ryan. He's a good dude. But I I, hate, I don't like politics. Political people. I don't like politics. I don't like politicians. And they're gross. They are like. Their overall, just their their demeanor, everything they do is gross. The way they interact with people, and I'm like, I don't want to be around you guys. You're my friends, but I'm out. Like, yeah, see ya. Yeah. Or even even like Carlos and the guys from Deacon Nature. First thing I said because they're you know they looking at giving donations and whatnot. I'm like, hey, look at you guys are political people. I don't trust you. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I want you to know that I don't trust you. And like, like I, I, there's a lot more to say there. But you, I'm you know, there, you, you know what, you know what though? It's like everybody's got what's beautiful. is like everyone's got a place in the big ecosystem, mm-hmm. right? Because you need them. We need them. We yeah, need. Yeah. We need. We, I, I have to have these people. Now. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> have them. They're they're pushing that forward. It's not for me either. It's not for you. But they're pushing it forward. You're talking, creating change, changing the public perception. Working with athletes one on one. The same thing here. Like it's cool. All of us are holding a piece to the puzzle, and let's hope it's a conscious puzzle that's working for the best interest of all people. And like you were saying, not the bottom line. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's the thing. Is like I, I enjoy the fact that I own part of that company. But part of me just, I, that's the way that it has to be. You want to make the most change possible. You have to go that route. Yeah. And you know, I can spin it any other way I want, but it's not, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. So I I will be, um, I just signed my, my employment contract with uh, Shroom Bloom, Mm -hmm. big company out of Canada. So I'll be in the thick of it with, with one of the big, big, big companies. I'm the chief impact officer. So I have a new podcast for them called uh, Get Into Bloom. Hopefully do a travel show. I'm looking to do a, a, a Bourdain style travel show for, you know, psychedelic 
for psychedelic journeys, but cool. I don't even want to focus on the journey itself that much mm. because that's, intr- that's intrusive. Yeah. I was on HBO eating mushrooms. Yeah. Very intrusive. Uh, and they were amazing. They were incredible, but a giant spotlight in the fucking temple. Like, no, yeah. yeah. It's probably um, a different but, type of trip for sure. <laughs> yeah. But just to be able to go out there and tell stories to yeah. tell whether it's you yeah. or some, you know, award-winning artist wants to win another Grammy because they're not creative enough to write a block or yeah. a book or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we can do this. We can tell that story. We can tell your story. We can tell the story of a broken fighter that's being shitty to everybody. Go get in the car, stupid. I got to fix you. You know, like yeah. that we, we can make it fun and funny, but also very informational and educational and, and just, it'll hit people, you know, where it counts. I'm excited to see you flourish yeah. and touch as many people as you can in all the different ways. It sounds like you've got Thank so you. many cool projects coming. I'm just, I'm thrilled for you just knowing kind of where you were at and where you are today. Like fucking thrilling. Have I sent you the puppet show stuff? No. Oh, I have a puppet show. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, send it to me. Yeah, we, we just, we just got a budget for a puppet show. So we filmed, dude, we filmed six, six days in two days, six days of work in two days. Wow. And my brain just shut off and I'm like, I can't even put a sentence together. Wait, that reminds um, me of forgetting Sarah Marshall. Have you seen that? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I thought that was one of my favorite, one of my favorite scenes in that was, was the puppet show. <laughs> yeah. So we're, it, it's an educational adult puppet show about yeah. psychedelics and cannabis. And, you know, we all come from cannabis and, and they call trapping. We're trapped. We're, 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 we've sold drugs, weed, whatever it is, mushrooms our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Obviously I don't do it anymore, but you know, it's a bunch of people who trapped their whole life and now are legitimate business people in cannabis. Yes. So it's like, we have, you know, old stories and that kind of mindset and that yeah. kind of thing. It's weird, but it's funny. It leads to really, a really good show. So I'll send it to you and check it out. Yeah, but then, follow me. Too. It's, it's uncle creepy MMA. The McCall method is, is up. I haven't posted on it in a while. I need to. And the puppet show comes out 420. It's called the Puffets. You'll see it all over social media first, because that's, we're taking the Jim Henson model where we're doing paid advertising basically for yeah. a while until we can until we can start really finding a budget sure because dude shooting an actual shooting actual skits for a show is going to be way more expensive so, yeah no um, doubt you know I'll, I'll get there eventually yeah so it just takes time perfect awesome thank you so much and i'll of course i'll be sure to put all the links and all the stuff to what you're working on and your proper show of course Ian, thank you. Thank you. Thank you you so much for being here today. It was such a pleasure. And for everyone watching and listening, as always, trip on this.